This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello, and welcome to On the Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. My name is Matt LaMarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt LaMarca, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. Matt, what's going on? Uh, not much. Just uh, just watching this uh, this shootout right now in Minnesota, and uh, just just happy to be back on the board with a win against you you're pretty it's pretty much the only thing that i won last week so it was uh it was very exciting that you didn't roll a cash lineup uh yeah, but yeah i rolled I'm, i rolled a real bad lineup against you i'm not even gonna try and try and salvage it by saying well some of the plays they just didn't work no it was a bad lineup it was trash yeah it, it was um, it was ugly on all sides to be fair <laughs> i had to look into the mirror long and hard and uh we're coming back strong next week so or this week i have to say too You've given out some awful takes on this show this season, but your worst take by far this year has been that soup is overrated. I uh, just we 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 literally could not be any further apart on this. There's there's no there's no point in trying to change my mind. Like if it's a liquid that's warm, I either wait until it's cold so it wouldn't even like factor in or I just don't have it because hot coffee is garbage, soup is dumb. Tea is okay once it cools off. That's like that's the definitive list of warm things that should just always be cold. Very interesting take. I mean, do you like your food to be cold too? Like, yeah, yeah. Matt, you know, I just I don't I don't like things too warm. I, I'm just I'm a room temperature kind of guy. All right, wacko. Uh, <laughs> we've had some great guests recently. Rich people Rebar. are already tuning out. <laughs> Peter Peter Overzet, Josh Hornsby. Uh, sadly, we had to downgrade this week. Just kidding. Uh, I'm very happy. We're, we brought my buddy Anthony Amico back out of retirement. You can find him on Twitter, at Amixta. Uh Anthony was one of the hosts of this show last year, probably the best host if you ask him. Uh, and he's contributed you know, his NFL betting and DFS content to a variety of websites. Uh, Anthony, welcome home, buddy. Yeah, it's great to be back. Great to be back on the uh, OTD airwaves. Uh, definitely miss you guys, but uh, it's been a nice break. Uh, pretty much just got back into playing DFS like a week ago. So the takes are fresh. I feel refreshed, and uh, I'm ready to, uh, I don't know, I'm just ready to get into it, ready to talk to you guys. Before we do that, I just want to remind everybody, become a Rotoviz patron. Gain exclusive access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel, where you can ask questions and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcasts and writing team. Patronships start at just $6 per month. 
Become a Road of His Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners. Sign up at patreon.com slash road of his radio. All right, Jones already alluded to it. He won uh, week one of our new head-to-head series. I beat him so badly through the first six weeks that he demanded a restart, and I, I granted it. him. Figured I would uh, give I him a... I paid out the bet. It's not like I was like, <laughs> this is... I'm going home. Like, I paid out no, the but bet. What do you want me to do? Jones, this is like this is like if you're playing basketball with someone, and they just... They're beating you so bad that you start over, and then you score the first bucket of the next game on like just like a a, a chuck three, and you're like bragging about it. That's what this sounds like to me. I'm not as a yeah, partial so bragging. What's happening right now? Like I don't know. You opened with happy to get a win. Like I don't even understand why he's here. Why are you teaming <laughs> up on me? I don't know. In Damn, all fairness, and I for teammates. God. In all fairness, we both probably would be down about 6-1 to Amico at this point. So, uh, anyway, Jones is now on the board. He's up 1-0. We'll see if he can make it 2-0 this week. Also, Week 7 Listener League taken down by FM Con 76 Little naked Gardner Minshew lineup, which frankly feels like the only correct way to roster Gardner Minshew. Just in the nude. <laughs> All right, now that the housekeeping is out of the way, let's get to week eight. Let's start, as always, with the quarterback position. A little bit more expensive at QB this week than we've seen uh, at times this season. We've got two guys above 7K on DraftKings. Russell Wilson on the road against the Atlanta Falcons and Deshaun Watson at home versus the Raiders. We've also got Matt Jones's boy, Jared Goff. He's back at home and taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's start with you, Jones. Will you be playing Jared Goff again? The people need to know. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, it will. To to be fair, it's a it's a home game, but it's it is in London. Um, mm. It, mm. it's yeah. I I don't care. Like I think that this is <laughs> this is fine. Um, what what could possibly go wrong? You know, I I I said I was gonna play him last week, and I changed my mind, and it uh, it bit me pretty good. So. Um, what do you end up with over 25 DraftKings points? Um, and I looked it up before. So 15 of his 45 games have been a touchdown. They've been a touchdown or better favorite. And he's averaging over uh, 25 points during that. He's been a little unlucky with touchdowns. Um, he's six top six in attempts, completions and yards and only 16th in touchdowns. So um even you know, even if maybe the yardage isn't necessarily there, I think he's due for some TD regression. And I don't know if I can get all the way up to the other guys. So I'm I'm probably going golf and cash this week. Amico thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think Watson's the best of the three here. Uh, I don't know if money's really an issue to me. I mean, the extra five hundred or eight hundred, whatever the heck it is, to get from Goff to Watson. Uh, very findable this week. I think we have some value at running back and receiver, which we'll talk about. The fantasy so, cat mean, in the building. Yeah, the fantasy cat is killing me. He's such a dick. <laughs> um, I, I can still say things like that on the show, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, Did you hear the man's on the show? <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, these guys are mostly cash plays to me. I, I'm not really looking to necessarily GPP these guys, but I just think like, Goff in another country. Um, Russell Wilson as like a very clear favorite against Atlanta, in a spot where like Seattle could just run the crap out of the ball. Like, I just feel the most comfortable with Watson, uh, given the matchup and the uh, game environment. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think that Watson is is my preference of the trio. You can't really go wrong with either of them. I mean, I do think that Goff probably has the lowest floor, but he also should command a little bit lower ownership than those top two guys. So to me, like all three, very viable in all formats, but I will give the uh, the slight edge to Deshaun. All right, let's move down the pricing spectrum a little bit here, Amico. If you are not paying up for one of those top three guys, who is somebody that you're going to consider for your cash team? Yeah, I mean, I have two guys I like. Uh, Matt Stafford, 6,100, obviously coming off the big game last week, but uh, another good spot at home against uh, the not even really fighting New York Giants. Um, not as competitive a game environment, perhaps, but... Uh, you know, the Lions defense hasn't exactly been fantastic. It could be a little bit of back and forth. The total's rising. So I like Stafford, 6,100. Uh, and if you want to go way down, Ryan Tannehill, 5,100. Bucks pass defense is terrible, uh, but they are excellent against the run. So a little bit of a, uh, uh, I don't, I hate saying this, but you know, a funnel spot, I guess. Um, and he did have 300 yards and two touchdowns in his first start. So I feel like, I feel like even just last week's production is probably being underpriced here. Uh, so for 5100 if you want to save some bucks, uh, Tannehill's a guy. Yeah, he looked real good against the Chargers. I mean, I know the Chargers' D has been pretty bad to start the season, but roughly, roughly 80% completions and a 10.8 yards per attempt. You know, like anybody who was worried that this offense was going to be a downgrade with Tannehill compared to Mariota, like at least through one week, it seems like you don't have to worry too much about that. So I could see myself using him in cash games. I'm just not 100% sure of the ceiling for GPPs because you know that the Titans, like if they have their way, they will lean heavily on the run game. So I don't I don't really see a spot where Tannehill ever throws for like, you know, four touchdowns or anything like that. That's my only real concern, but he is cheap enough that you can definitely consider him for, for cash games. Um, Jones, what what about your thoughts on some of these cheaper guys? Yeah, those, I mean, those are the only two that I was really um, that I'm really considering. Like, yeah, I, I'm not gonna. I'll, I'll save that for the next one. Yeah, no, that was it. <laughs> All right, Jones. Well, uh, now it's the next one. So why don't you give me some GPP <laughs> some GPP targets you're looking at? All right. Well, I mean, like, at what point do we start taking Jacoby Brissett seriously? Like, I'm I'm there already. I, you know, I think but you know what I mean? No, like, deserves I, consideration. Yeah, like I feel like there's there's this sort of thought process around him that there's just no. I mean, obviously last week he blew up, but even before that, like he's had he's only had two games under 18 points this year, like, and he's only 5600 this week. I don't really see a situation where, um, like, his ownership is definitely not going to go crazy. And even moving forward, like, his, I don't think his price is ever really going to jump too much higher than this. Um, so I feel like he can kind of, should kind of be considered in GPPs every week moving forward. Um, and I think I'm probably going to have some Stafford uh, this week in GPPs as well. Um, outside of that, though, I, I'm not going crazy this week. I, I'm I'm so sick of having, like, nine quarterbacks and you know spread out too thin so i think i'm gonna try to narrow it down a little bit i got better at running backs now i gotta work on quarterbacks <laughs> i agree that stafford is like the nut gpp play i mean he is projected to be one of the highest owned quarterbacks so it's not like he's gonna be a sneaky play or anything like that but um 
right now we have him with the second highest ceiling projection at Fantasy Labs. The Giants cornerbacks, easily the worst in football. So very good spot for Mr. Stafford. And Brissett, like I do really, I like the player quite a bit. This is about as bad of a spot as you could get versus the Denver Broncos. But Brissett is still like much better to me than a $5,600 price tag. So maybe I don't want to go back, go to him this week, but he's definitely somebody that if his price doesn't raise moving forward, I think is going to be a very appealing target. Uh, Amico, what are your thoughts on some some GPP quarterbacks? I uh, like Kyler Murray. Uh, they're big dogs against New Orleans, but Kyler's still been pretty awesome as a fantasy quarterback. And uh, probably most importantly, he's been running a lot, at least 10 rush attempts in three straight games. So uh, he's probably going to have the ball in his hands a lot in, in this game. You have to figure that they're probably playing from behind against New Orleans. Uh, they did get Patrick Peterson back, but the rest of the defense still isn't really that good. Uh, Saints apply score some points. So I like Murray. And, uh, I mean, Matt Ryan, like, everyone's just shitting on this dude this week because he was bad <laughs> last week. But, uh, you know, and obviously he needs to be clear to play, but he literally had over 33 DraftKings points in the two previous games. He's gone over 25 points four times. Uh, you have to think Dan Quinn is going to have him out there so long as he can stand, you know, given how desperate he is for a win. I mean, if he benches Matt Ryan for Matt Shaw, but he, he can pretty much punch his, you know, he could just sign the pink slip now um because they're definitely gonna get crushed so i mean they probably still lose with matt ryan but i have to imagine in his head he's thinking you know i need matt ryan to win this game you know to keep my job i did just scoop the ageless matt Schaub in my uh two quarterback dynasty league that i play in so here's hoping that he gets that uh he gets that gig eventually (laughs) times are tough (laughs) (laughs) oh jones you should see this team somehow i'm five and two and it's got to be the worst dynasty roster that's ever been assembled. <laughs> yeah, but you got um, Marvin Jones. I do. I, I have Marvin Jones. I've been trying to trade him all year. What more um, could you need? I, I agree 100%. Like, I've been on Ryan all year. Like, his pass volume is just ridiculous. Last week was a little bit different just because they pulled him out of, like, I, I don't like his safety for his own life. He was just under siege. But Seattle not nearly as intimidating of a pass rush as the Rams. So I like, uh, I like this spot for, for Ryan, assuming that he is healthy. Um, one other guy that I'll throw out there, and this is just like a, a very, very low owned flyer, but I think Derek Carr at 5k is probably worth some consideration against Houston. Like that Houston D is not good. They play in so many shootouts. Uh, and to me, Carr is a pretty easy guy to stack up because all you really have to do is go with Darren Waller. And like yeah. you don't have to worry about ownership. Nobody's going to be on Carr to Waller this week. And I think that that's a relatively cheap stack that can give you some decent upside. You uh, you don't think oh, Gary on Conley is the uh, the missing piece that the Texans have been needing this whole year? <laughs> <laughs> I would say doubtful. <laughs> all right, let's talk about Axios Sports. I love this thing. I signed up a couple weeks ago when they first became the sponsor. This has become like a go-to everyday read for me. So it's just really hard to be a sports fan in 2019. There's so much content out there, so time-consuming, and trying to follow everything happening on a daily basis is almost impossible. That's why you need Axios Sports. It's the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. Sign up for free at sports.axios.com and you'll get the best stories from sports like the NBA and NFL 
to even cooler niche stuff like cricket and ping pong. Uh, Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. Super to simple to sign uh, to sign up, and it is free. Just go to sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. Just free sports, curated content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. All right, running backs. Uh, We've got Christian McCaffrey and Saquon priced at the top of the spectrum this week. Do you feel like this is a week where you need to get one of these guys into your cash lineup, possibly even both of these guys? Uh, Let's start with you, Amiksa. Is this jam them in week? I don't really think so. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure I would play either of these guys in cash right now if I was making a lineup. I mean, we'll see what happens with some of the injuries, but I think there's definitely other guys you can legitimately play, legitimately play, save yourself some good money. Uh, obviously, McCaffrey and Saquon are two of the best, and you don't want to just like leave them out of your GBP pool if you're going to multi enter. Uh, still love the ceiling, obviously, for McCaffrey in particular, but I don't think these guys are must plays in cash this week. I think that we have, uh, some other nice options. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a week where I don't think you need to have both, but I'm still going to try my best to get McCaffrey in there. Like, the guy has the safest floor and the highest ceiling at the position every week. Uh, they have priced him up a little bit at 9200 and I get that it is a, a really tough matchup versus the 49ers, but I still think he's too cheap. Like, this guy should be 10K plus every single week. So even though there are some other guys who might stand out as better values this week, like I just feel incredibly safe plugging McCaffrey into my lineup, like basically every chance that I get. Uh, Jones, what are your thoughts here on this top tier, guys? Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think you definitely need uh, need to figure out a way to get to at least one of them in, uh, you know, in some of your GPP lineups. I don't, I'm not going to have Saquon. I don't think this week. Um, it, it it I just don't feel as confident this week as as most weeks uh, pre injury with him. But McCaffrey, like I just I gotta figure out a way to get him in there. Like he's he's seen as many targets as like Kenny Galladay basically, and he's also getting all the rushing work. So um, he's like top five or six in everything that we're looking at, and there's no reason not to. Uh, if you if you can figure out a way to get him up, uh, get him up in your cash lineup. Yeah, I mean the the matchup for Saquon is obviously better than McCaffrey. Like Detroit has been pretty much shredded by running backs this week, so I could see him even having slightly higher ownership than CMC. Like to me, this is a week where you you definitely want McCaffrey tournament exposure, but I still think cash game like he's definitely a viable play. All right, let's talk about some of the uh, chalkier backup spots here. We've got uh, Latavius Murray. He's 5,800, although Kamara, it seems like now, may play. Like, he's he's questionable at the moment. And then you've got Chase Edmonds. He's 6,200. And David Johnson, it seems like, is, is I'm pretty sure he's definitely been ruled out already. So both of those guys kind of went off last week. Like Edmonds has been great all year and then finally got the the opportunity to play as the lead back versus the Giants and and smashed with three touchdowns. Murray had 33 opportunities last week against the Bears. So if Kamara is out again, how are you approaching these guys this week? 
Jones. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think they didn't raise uh, Murray's price enough for the the possibility that he's gonna see the same type of workload. Like they clearly showed that they're going to uh, use him heavily, uh, even in the past game, which was uh, an encouraging sign. If he's gonna see you know extended work, um, they're going against just a just a dreadful. De- like I'm not a I'm not a defenses matter kind of guy, but. Like Arizona almost let Joe Mixon rush for 100 yards, so you know that they're uh, they're not doing too well right now, um, and they're you know they're big home favorites. So I, I'm good with I'm good with Murray. I, I don't know, like Edmonds at 6200 it, is not like a oh my god I need to get him in kind of deal for me. So I'll have him in GPPs, but I don't know if I'll have him in cash. Yeah, Edmonds has just been like so freaking good this year. I mean. I know it hasn't been a ton of opportunities, but 5.6 yards per carry on 51 carries, 10, 10.0 yards per reception. Like, he's been really, really good. Uh, I mean, the matchup obviously is not ideal versus the Saints, but Amico, I know that Chase Edmonds is like one of your guys. So, is mm-hmm. this a week where, like, are you scared off on this price tag, or do you still think he's viable at 6,200? Yeah, I mean, I think he's more than viable at 6,200. If we're talking about cash, I think that if uh, DJ's out, which it sounds like he probably is, I think you have to play him. I mean, 27 carries, four targets last week. This is like, this is like the whole point behind like zero RB, which I know is a a season long concept. But you know, like he's he's in the you're dead. All right, just let it just let just let it go. It's over. (laughs) He's in the mix. Like he's in the mix already. And then now that DJ's out, like there's no there's no Chase Edmonds for Chase Edmonds. You know what I mean? Like he's just getting all the work. And uh, yeah, like he probably doesn't get you the 27 carries again because they're going to be playing from behind, but he's going to get, uh, you know, all that receiving work that David Johnson's been getting, uh, plus his own receiving work. And he's already kind of been active in the passing game even before this week. So I uh, really like Edmonds. Uh, you know, I think that the game environment from a Cardinals perspective is enough where, you know, if you don't think this game is going to shoot out or you don't think it's going to be fairly close, uh, maybe you don't play Edmonds in a tournament. Like, I don't think he's like a lock button play. He's not 4,500. Uh, but I think in cash, given like the usage that we can expect, I think I'm definitely playing him. And uh, certainly if Kamara is out, I, I mean, Latavius is a, is a slam dunk. Uh, Ten and a half point favorites at home. I think that that's uh, an absolute must play. Yeah, that to me is the is the lock button play. If Kamara is out, of course. And he did get in a limited practice today. Um, The Saints have a bye next week, so we'll see how, you know, aggressive they are in terms of rushing him back. I mean, you would think that if there's any uncertainty, they would just sort of give him the week off, considering that they have a matchup against Arizona and they're already, like, way out in front in the division. But, you know, who knows what they're thinking. Um, But if Kamara is out, like, I agree, Murray is, is the guy that you want. I could see a situation where I fade Edmonds for sure in tournaments. If he's going to be up around, you know, like 30% ownership, you know, anytime you've got a a double digit underdog at running back, who's going to be owned at like a 30% clip that doesn't scream must play to me. So I could see myself fading him, uh, depending on what the ownership, you know, sort of projections look like for him moving forward. One more guy I want to throw into this tier um, you know, Detroit had to put Kerry Yawn Johnson on the IL, <laughs> the IL, that's a baseball term, on the IR. So 
it looks like Ty Johnson is going to be the guy for them. I mean, J.D. McKissick could also work in. Uh, Amico, what's your thoughts on this on this Detroit backfield situation? Are either of these guys worth playing against the G-men? Yeah, I mean, Ty Johnson is definitely worth playing. Had, uh, you know, the 10 carries last week. Uh, only 15 carries uh, Sands carry on last week, given that they were playing from behind. So that's a pretty nice... Uh, usage rate for him. I mean, Ty Johnson's not like a huge dude, so I wouldn't necessarily expect uh, you know him to like massively dominate the backfield carries. But he has been using the goal line in those uh, situations where carry on has been on the field, so that's definitely encouraging. Uh, had the four targets last week, so uh, the usage is good. The spot is good. Again, seven point home favorite. So uh, I do like Ty Johnson. Obviously, there's ways that this goes wrong. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other ways that Detroit could score. Uh, McKissick is definitely going to be involved. Uh, so I don't think he's like a, a lock play by any means. Like this is not a Latavius Murray type usage situation. Um, and he's still 4,900. Like it's not like he's like 4K flat or anything like that. So I uh, definitely like him. I'm, I'm really curious to see where the ownership projections land on him uh, once we get clarity on some of these other situations because he could end up being like uh, like a really good GPP play. Uh, so right now I'm kind of just waiting and seeing, but I'm definitely interested. Uh, you know, I think that the usage given the spot, could definitely be there. Jones, any thoughts on these Detroit guys? <sighs> I mean, <laughs> not really. Like, I, I, I can't, like, I can't get, really get excited for them. Like, I don't know what the split looks like when they're planning, you know, for a week of just the two of them, and I don't really feel um, confident enough in saying, like, oh, like, one of them is definitely going to smash, and I I wish I had a better read on it, because the prices are obviously good, and I think in GPPs you can, you can put them in, uh, you know, a, a lineup or two, and just hope that you hit the right combination with them, because obviously whatever you, whatever the rest of your lineup looks like will be a hell of a lot nicer than if you're playing, you know, a 6200 Chase Edmonds in that spot, so um, I don't know, like, I, I'd rather... I'd rather avoid the situation altogether, but it, they're worth like flyers to me. All right. Who else should we be considering this week? GPPs, cash games, like any sort of format. Who are some guys that you're looking at, Amico? I mean, Chris Carson and Leonard Fournette are the guys that I really like um, in cash contests. I mean, you can obviously play them in, in tournaments also. I'm not really that shy about playing you know, high ownership guys at running back, but... Uh, Carson and Fournette each have at least 26 interactions the last four games. Interactions. Um, yeah, I don't know. Carries plus targets. Uh, it, I don't know. It's it Davis. I like that thing. better I, than opportunities. I, yeah. When you talk to Davis a lot, you start talking like Davis. I don't know. Um, <laughs> 26 interactions the last four weeks for each uh, each player. And uh, obviously in very good spots. You know, Fournette is a six-point home favorite against your fighting Jets. Uh, Carson they is... <laughs> Carson is going to be a sizable favorite against uh, uh, the Falcons. And uh, certainly we know Seattle likes to run the ball. They are uh, first, or sorry, they are tied for third in a situation neutral run rate, 51%. So uh, we're going to see a lot of them on the ground. So I think those are like the main guys I like in like more of a cash setting. And then in tournaments, uh, I like, I do like Devontae Freeman if uh, Matt Ryan's going to play. Has the 11% target share. No Mo Sanu. Um, played the long game last week. Got ejected so that Ido Smith could get concussed. <laughs> and uh, now he should have a larger share of the backfield. So Masterful work by Devontae. Yeah. So, I mean, you want Ryan active, but I do like him as well. 
Uh, Jones, what are your thoughts on uh, on some other running backs this week? Was that not the most like ridiculous thing you've ever seen with Freeman? Like what? What freaking idiot? Um, yeah, no, I, I'm all in on Fournette. Like I think I, I don't see a situation where I don't have McCaffrey and Fournette in my cash lineup. Um, Bell, like you mentioned, I think makes sense. Both of those guys are outside of the top. 110 in fantasy points over expectation per game still um despite like their massive workload so uh definitely interested on those two and i will i i just can't under any circumstances quit nick chubb and the workload that he's getting so just absolutely no ownership this week 6600 i think is is pretty reasonable and if chase edmonds is uh you know david johnson is out edmonds gets popular I think that's a good like price point pivot off of uh, off of Edmonds there. So he he's a guy that I'm interested in as a flyer this week too. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, as far as ceilings go, like Nick Chubb is always going to be amongst the the top running backs in any given week. Uh, obviously, a brutal matchup versus the Patriots. They're huge underdogs, but you know Vegas doesn't doesn't get them right every single week. So if the Browns can keep this game close, and Jarvis Landry already came out and said they're going to win this game, guys. So speaking of morons, we must adjust. <laughs> <laughs> um, one guy I want to throw out. You said you can't quit Nick Chubb. I uh, I can't quit Todd Gurley. Like huge huge favorite in a great spot against Cincinnati. We have seen running backs just pee on Cincinnati literally all season. Uh, maybe Todd Gurley doesn't get enough work, but he still had 18 carries and a target last week. Like, it's not that he hasn't been getting enough touches. He just really hasn't been productive enough with his touches. And I think that this is a great spot for him to potentially buck that trend and, and maybe find the end zone a couple of times. So... I love me some some Todd Gurley, and I will continue to throw Sony Michelle's name out there. Uh, you know, New England is a humongous favorite once again this week. He scored three times against the Jets. Now, granted, did he have a good fantasy week even with three touchdowns? Uh, he didn't have as good a week as you would have thought, but <laughs> <laughs> but he's also not going to average two point five yards per carry every single week. He might be able to get that up no? into the. Up into the low threes this week against. I was going to say, are you so. sure? <laughs> yeah, you know, he was at a, a, a healthy 3.5 yards per carry two weeks ago. So, oh, God. Oh, 3.9, excuse me. If we can get him back into that stratosphere and he finds the end zone, yeah, I don't know, man. This could be, this could be the week for Sony. He must have broken a dynamic six-yard run. Like, what's his longest run on the year? He sucks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He, he just... really isn't good, but he plays for the Patriots, and that's enough. He's to make Jones just coming out and body-bagging Sonny Michelle. Oh, no, gosh. He, it's, just, he's, it's just not good. Like, he's not good. It, like, something's wrong, right? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I agree with you. Obviously, the spot is good. And if he, you know, if he sees volume, then whatever. But ugh, he's like watching it is not exciting. <laughs> you know, you know who is good and leads the NFL in red zone targets? James White, fifty one hundred. All right. I mean, I, I, I don't. My thing with White is I just don't know about the ceiling for him. Like, it, it, he gets no work really in the rushing game because Bill Belichick wants to prove that. Sony Michelle wasn't a waste of a draft pick. <laughs> but, 
But, you know, like eight catches for a touchdown and, you know, I don't know, 60, 70 yards. Like, that's always in play for him. So uh, I could see that as well. That's got to be like, if you were a Patriots fan, man, like you guys drafted Sony Michelle when you could have had Lamar Jackson. Like, just even if they drafted Lamar Jackson and just played him at running back, that would have been a better pick. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? <laughs> Sony Michelle had one catch for negative eight yards last week. He doesn't like to waste time with those, you know, that's air like, yards crap. That's like a Joe Mixon stat line. What was he, 10 for two yards last week, I think? <laughs> uh, all right. We have anything else we want to talk about here with the running backs, or can we move on? No, let's move it. All right, let's talk about fashion, guys. Uh, I know that Mr. Amico, big fashion icon. He wore the same, like, outfit in high school, I want to say like 97% of the days that he went. <laughs> so maybe not for you, Amico, but for all of you who like to take pride in your in your appearance, Indochino, you guys need to know it. Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. Nothing looks better on a guy than a perfectly fitted suit. I went to the other uh, a wedding the other weekend. I had on my custom Indochino, and I swear I was beating the women off with the stick. That's how good I looked in this Indochino. Jones, don't roll your eyes at me. You weren't there. It happened. <laughs> I'm going to need video evidence. <laughs> Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The best part is that they are affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. The process is simple. You pick your fabric. Pick your customations and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks or less. Get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more, plus free shipping. That's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothes that don't fit. All right, wide receivers. Four guys this week priced at $7,500 or more on DraftKings. DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, and Cooper Cup. Uh, Amico, who's your favorite this week, and do you feel like paying up for one of these guys is advised in cash games? Definitely like Hopkins in cash, uh, 32.5% target share last year with both Fuller off the field, 30.8% uh, this year on limited snaps without the big play threat. Um, just, a, just a real target hog, and I think that Hopkins has been a little down for a lot of the year. Last week, uh, Fuller goes down, all of a sudden Hopkins is uh, back to dominating again, so I uh, really like him for sure this week. Definitely think he's cash viable. Um, Michael Thomas, given his insane volume, I would say, is probably next. Uh, but definitely not like a must-play in cash by any means. Uh, I think in tournaments, uh, Cup, Julio, uh, those are probably the guys that will be a little less owned in this group. Um, Julio should see more work with Sanugan, but I, I'm honestly just like starting to get really worried about him. 21% uh, target share to open the year. Uh, wouldn't really surprise me at all to see Ridley 
be the guy that pops at this point over Julio. I mean, obviously Julio can still have the big game, and you know we talked about the Atlanta pass volume before, but um, I don't know. I'm just I'm a little nervous, and I think uh, there's a decent chance I just don't play either of these guys this week. Jones, what are your thoughts on this top tier receiver group? Yeah, I mean, I I would I would love to get to Hopkins or Thomas in cash, but I. I already mentioned, you know, the running backs that I'm targeting here. So I don't really think that there's a smart way to fit, you know, all those guys in the same lineup together. So um, probably not going to get up there, up here in cash. But for for GPPs, I really like Michael Thomas. Um, like there, it, it's he just sees so much work. His his a dot is eight and a half yards, which is 87th among wide receivers with at least three targets on the year. And he has, he still, because of all the targets, has the seventh most air yards. Like the, the volume that he's getting is just absurd. Um, you know, they're not pushing the ball down the field. He's had at least, uh, at least seven targets in every game. And he's only had two that weren't digits. So I, I just feel like I still don't understand how he was like 6,600 a few weeks ago, but um, 8K, I think, is still a fair price for him. Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like there's a chance that Breeze is back in this contest. So I mean, Thomas has been doing fine with Bridgewater, but obviously you would prefer Drew Breeze being in there for him. So, you know, that even would potentially help his low A dot. So, yeah, I agree. Thomas and Hopkins, both excellent plays. Like, you just kind of have to prioritize how you want to build and you know, I think me and you both kind of have leaned towards we want to spend up at running back. And Amico, it sounds like you're a little bit more open to paying down at RB and going up to one of these guys in cash games. I think both both builds are extremely viable. It really just comes down to what you want to do with somebody like Christian McCaffrey this week. All right. Uh, we mentioned Houston is going to be without Will Fuller. Kenny Stills expected to, you know, be one of the higher owned plays given that industry uh, injury. Is he somebody that you like in cash games, Jones? Um, what about somebody like Kiki QT instead? Like, how how are you approaching this Houston wide receiver situation? I mean, this whole this whole thing is kind of like like I don't want to play a Kenny Stills in cash pretty much under any circumstances. Like over the past <laughs> Imagine three years, not wanting to he's play had, Kenny Stills. He. <laughs> Over the last three years, he's had 83% of his games under 15 points, um, which is a pretty significant to be fair, chunk he did there. did play for the uh, Dolphins. Yeah, but like, so what? Like, Allen Robinson plays with shitty quarterbacks all the time, and he's good at football, so he figures it out. Um, it, it's just to like I need to play him this week. Like, there's other sort of mid to to low range options that I'm considering, and I'm just kind of over playing guys in cash just because they're going to be high, like higher owned. Like I'm, that's not the, the decision making process that I'm going through. So I, if he beats me, he beats me, but it's going to have to be like, uh, you know, it's going to have to be on a couple of big plays. Like I don't see him getting double digit targets or something stupid. So I, I'm okay fading a guy like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely not in camp. You should just play somebody as like an ownership blocker. But I also think that Kenny Stills is actually pretty good at football. Um, I do hear what you're saying. Like he is a big play, boomer bust type of guy. Like 
his range of outcomes is probably wider than you want from a cash game play. So for that reason, I honestly might lean QT in cash. Like, I think he's also going to see a bump in volume, and he's more of like the slot underneath kind of guy. So if we're going to expect him to get a bigger bump, like him at 4,100, I think is is certainly a viable cash play. But uh, I'm also, I'm in on stills too. Like, I think both guys are, are viable here. Uh, Amico, what are your thoughts on this situation? I mean, anyone that's been on my Twitter timeline knows that I love Kenny Stills. Uh, legitimately good player since 2015, which is all Dolphins, 18th in yards per target, 7th in touchdown rate at receiver, minimum 200 targets. Uh, that's receiving passes from Ryan Tannehill, Matt Moore, Jay Cutler, and Brock Osweiler. So I like to think Shout Deshaun Watson. Shout out Brock Osweiler. <laughs> Sad to see him hang it up. <laughs> uh feel very confident saying that Deshaun Watson is better than all those guys uh, probably combined. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the numbers are very similar to Will Fuller. If you're just looking at like their career and stills is actually the better deep threat, I would say if you're just looking at like the, the numbers. So uh, not saying that stills is definitely a better player than Will Fuller, but I think it's actually pretty close. So, I mean, if you could play Will Fuller this week at 4,700, would you do it? Because I feel like if you would, then you got to play stills in this spot. Um, because you're basically getting like that role in the offense. So, uh, definitely understand fading him in tournaments, uh, for the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, certainly boomer bust. Um, especially if QT is going to be like you know one tenth the ownership. Like I feel like that's like an easy pivot. But uh, stills in cash for me, hundred percent of the way. All right, who are some other cash game targets here, Amico? Cortland Sutton, fifty three hundred. Uh, oh, ninth my in, guy. Ninth- Ninth and Whopper right now. Uh, that's before Manny Sanders was shipped out to uh, San Fran. Uh, so I like that. Uh, Tyler Boyd, 5,100. Sixth in target share. Yeah, I love him. Uh, sixth in target share, third in total targets. Bengals second only to the Chiefs in pass rate uh, when the game's between six points. And uh, that jumps up, obviously, considerably when they're trailing by larger margins, which they are expected to do in London. And uh, Mike Williams, 4K. If Keenan Allen ends up sitting out, didn't practice today, hamstring injury, which he suffered this week, uh, which is usually a bad sign. So if he ends up sitting out, uh, I think you can lock in Mike Williams at 4K. Very consistent deep threat in the offense, would see a bunch more targets. All viable plays. All viable. I mean, I I joke about Tyler Boyd because, like, every week I want to play him because the target volume is just ridiculous. But it never seems to lead to fantasy points. (laughs) Turns out out Andy Dalton sucks. (laughs) uh jones what are your thoughts any of those guys stand out to you or is there somebody else you like for cash i mean yeah i'm just i'm gonna keep punting money away on boyd he's turning into like last year's jarvis landry for me just could not figure out a way to get off of the guy and just costing me money every single week but the week that i stop is going to be the week that he actually does something and this like this week who the hell knows what happens in London half the time? Like, I, I don't even know what to make of that game, to be totally honest. So maybe maybe he figures it out. He has some fish and chips on Saturday <laughs> night and gets it all sorted. I don't know. Um, Neil Dutton is going to have the, words the only, for you. <laughs> um, the only other um, that I'm considering, I mentioned him already, is Allen Robinson. Like, the he's getting, he's getting insane volume right now. He's at 6K. Uh, he should probably be, he should probably be more than that. Uh, he's averaging almost 10 targets a game. 
and he's been a wide receiver one the last couple of times out, like almost 25 points in both games. So uh, he's he's a guy that I'm interested for cash too, if I can figure out how to fit him in. Love A-Rob, play him every single week. That's my take on that. Um, All right, Amico, uh, any other like deeper GPP targets you want to bring up? Yeah, I mean, I like Ridley. I mentioned that before. Uh, but Odell, Odell freaking Beckham, dude, 6,500. Usage is, he is there. The He's fifth in Whopper. Usage is there. <laughs> uh, and listen, I know the Pats defense is like the best ever, blah, blah, blah. Defense doesn't matter. All right. We're playing OBJ this week. He's getting the looks. We just saw Golden Tate score a touchdown, a long touchdown against his team two weeks ago. Um, so it is possible, believe it or not, to find the end zone against New England. Uh, and the Browns will certainly be throwing this week. So sub 5%, I'm taking the talent and the volume, and I'm, and I'm riding it. Yeah, we have a, a new metric at Labs called Leverage Plus Minus. Ooh. And basically what that does is it measures your ceiling rank versus your rank in projected ownership. So OBJ, unsurprisingly, one of the highest Leverage Plus Minuses of the week. We have him having a significantly higher ceiling than his projected ownership would imply. So they're on board, uh, and I don't argue with the data. So I, I do really fear this New England secondary, but you're right, it only takes one play with him. And he's more capable of most than, uh, you know, in terms of ripping off a big play. Uh, Jones, who do you like as a tournament option? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm definitely in on Ridley. I think that the, the Sanu move des- definitely helps him, uh, more so than it really affects Julio in any way, in my opinion. Um, T.Y. Hilton is 6,100, and I don't know what, what does Labs have him at right now, uh, ownership wise? Five to eight. Yeah, it up. yeah, is this, like, am I going crazy here? Like, he was 5,900, and he was 35% owned. Like, and now he's $200 more and he's like going to be, you know, a, a quarter of the, like, I just, I don't get it. He yeah, saw 11 it targets was the last whole week. narrative versus the Texans thing, you know, how he's historically. Right, but like, he's just like good. Like, no, I agree. He's <laughs> going to get targets. Like there's no, it wasn't like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't get these like swings in ownership and, uh, especially with no real price change. I just think it's stupid. Um, so I'm definitely going to have, uh, Hilton in some stacks with Brissett, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show. I think, I think that's going to be pretty, pretty low owned and should, uh, should pay off pretty nice. Yeah. I like that call. Uh, I think that's sharp. Two more guys I'll throw out, uh, one Chris Godwin. Like, I'm not sure that he isn't the best fantasy wide receiver in football right now. Like he's just getting ridiculous volume on a weekly basis and, Unlike guys like Tyler Boyd, he's taking advantage of it. So uh, he's he seems underpriced to me at 7,100. I think he's a very fair option. And then I got to give some respect to DJ Chark. Do, 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 DJ Chark. Do, 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 do. Uh, if D.D. Westbrook can't suit up, DJ Chark is going to just tee off on the Jets and their pitiful secondary. So... Those are two other guys that I will just add to the uh, the list that you guys provided, which I agreed with all of those plays as well. Yeah, I think I think the guys that we mentioned are just kind of like my pool this week. Like I I don't I don't really see a need to play a, a ton of guys that we haven't mentioned. What about DJ Chark? Do 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 do. Unless you want to, 
Yeah, no, I I literally hear that on loop in my house. So I, I appreciate you getting it restuck in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's a banger, I'm not gonna lie. For me it's like No, that. it is. It's almost there you go. You're that, gonna say it. Go and, then ahead. The, and then the Skype ringtone. Like those two there top you go. two bangers. I just <laughs> I keep those on loop in my house. <laughs> oh man. We've been spending too much time together, Lamar. I was gonna say the same exact thing. <laughs> Uh, as a true football fan, you already know that just as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in every game. It's true. I don't like. What is he now? Fifty-seven, Amico. Like, how old is he? <laughs> I, I think he's at least sixty. <laughs> uh, every weekend, our favorite gr- gridiron warriors put their skills to the test. So, why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season. Now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They have the the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sportsbook on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and try to win a lot, do a parlay. Pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and if they all come through, you will multiply your payout. Tired of watching games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants you to get your mind off everything else and get back into the NFL. The best part is, if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right, if you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. Double your initial deposit that you can use on all of your picks just use promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. That's promo code ROTOVIZ to double your cash up to $1,000. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. All right, tight end position. Uh, tight end has been strong all season, and it looks like another good week here for some of the top options. Uh, Jones, if you're paying up at the position, who do you like this week? I mean, you've got your boy. Austin Hooper at 5,500. Uh, George Kittle and Darren Waller are slightly more expensive than him. And you've also got guys like Evan Ingram, Zach Ertz, and Hunter Henry. So out of that tier, who is your favorite this week? I mean, like, is Zach Ertz being 5,100 like the dumbest thing on the slate? Like, I, I think that's one of the worst prices uh, this week. He's right now he is first in targets second in air yards, third in expected points, fourth in whopper, fifth in yards and receptions, and he's 104th in fantasy points over expectation at a tight ends. So I'm going to go ahead and say that at some point he is going to uh, just completely, just utterly demolish a slate, and 5,100 seems like a, a pretty good time as a, a, you know, as an underdog Um I think that he could he could be a smash this week. I think he'll probably end up being my cash uh, tight end this week. Yeah, I don't know if I can do it for cash just because of the matchup versus the Bills, but certainly too cheap, right? Like you mentioned all the statistics. The volume has been there. It's just that the production has been a bit down, and you would expect that to normalize at some point. So um, we still have him as at Fantasy Labs as having the second highest ceiling at the position. <laughs> So it seems like eventually he is due for a breakout type of week. Uh, Amico, what are your thoughts here on uh, this uh, this group of tight ends? Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Ertz, obviously. I, I like Hunter Henry, especially, again, if, if Keenan Allen doesn't play. Uh, 
Henry has been involved uh, very frequently his first two weeks back, obviously at the explosive uh, primetime game, but uh, you know only fell three yards short of the bonus last week against Tennessee, so he's been very good. Uh, and Ingram for a bounce-back spot, I mean, it seems reasonable uh, that he would do so here against Detroit. Uh, Giants should be throwing. Uh, Sterling Shepard probably not going to return from the concussion. So, uh, you know, I don't necessarily even think that you have to play your cash tight end here. I think I probably wouldn't. Uh, given some of the other guys that I'm looking at at the other positions and kind of how this position shakes out. But I think if you're paying up that those two guys, Ertz, I think that's probably it for me. I'm going to keep playing Darren Waller. Uh, I know he's a little bit more expensive now, but first in terms of team target share at the tight end position, and the guy is just good. He just gets it done. So I'll continue to play him. I mean, I was surprised that uh, his ownership was as high as it was last week, but he did not disappoint seven catches for 126 yards and two touchdowns. Like, obviously the two touchdowns isn't going to happen every week, but I do think he's the kind of guy that's going to be in that six to eight catch range for, you know, 80 yards just about every single week. So I think he's got one of the better floors at the position. Um, He might be the direction I'm leaning in cash game, but I think that overall this is a strong tier. So I'm curious, Amico, if you're not paying up at tight end, for your cash game, who is a cheaper option that you're looking at? Because I've kind of been paying up at tight end all year. I think that it's worked out for me so far. Um, and I'm struggling to find like a value play. So who's somebody that you like? Well, if you want to like, if you want to be like super punty, Dallas Goddard has been a lot more involved in the offense the last two weeks, 18% of the targets. Uh, no Deshaun Jackson. Once again, he's only 2,800. Um, but if you don't love the matchup or if you just don't really want to play him, which I think is reasonable, I just really like Gerald Everett. He's 4,300. Uh, last three games for the Rams, he is second in targets, first in air yards. Um, so like he is like literally like a shade behind Cooper Cup and Whopper. And I feel like everyone salivates over Cooper Cup's usage. Like Gerald Everett is basically seeing the same usage. So, uh, for 4,300, I think that that is my preferred exposure. Uh, to the Rams and their 31-point team total this week. Yeah, Everett kind of threw me off the scent with that really bad game against the 49ers, but uh, turns out it was just a one-week sort of aberration. Like, it is his position. Like, I, I was a little bit concerned that, that Higby being back was going to make this more of a split, but it seems like Everett has kind of won that won that position battle. So I can get behind that. Um, you know, I might just prefer to get up the extra 600 bucks to get Hunter Henry, but I, I hear what you're saying. Like he's probably underpriced as well. Um, Jones, any of these like sub 4k type tight ends that you're looking at this week? Oh, keep, keep Johnu, baby. <laughs> Let's get some Johnu Smith in our lives. My word. A little, little 2,800 punt. Dude, you just said Dallas Goddard. Like, come on. Dallas Goddard is a come, way better play than Johnu Smith. Cut me some slack here. Walker's not going to play. And for for a flyer, like, why not? Jonu Smith has as much big playability as a lot of guys. And he saw a red zone target last week. And if he's, if they're not going to, if Walker's not going to play at all, like he, Smith was on in on 53 of 64 snaps last week. And um, I think that he would factor in a little bit more heavily into the game plan if, Walker's just completely out. So I will I will take some Johnny Smith this week. I think I may be a never again with Johnny Smith status. Like he played a whole year without Delaney Walker and was bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. I'm not saying that he can't you go off. You asked the question, Lamarca. It's he's 2800. Like, what do you need him to do? No, I, you need I, like eight or nine points from him, and you're golden. Sure. So I just don't know if that's how you want to think about like tight end anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I I think like there's actual real like uh like raw point equity you're losing. Like, even if you hit like the three X on on like a 2800 dollars price tag, like. I don't know. I just feel like so these other guys are like putting up point values like, you know, 1820, etc. Like I, I you might be too far behind even if like value-wise you you pan out. We're like 2 weeks removed from Everett putting up 3 points. Like and he's he 4300. He has 15 points three of the last 4 weeks. Yeah, and the other week he had 2.9. Okay. So like it's not like <laughs> okay. it's not like all these guys are just like mashing every single week. Like it no, I know. these things happen. Like Hooper barely got there last week. Like Ingram didn't do anything against the flow chart last. Like it's not these these guys aren't just complete sure things. Like Kittle didn't even do that well last week either. So like you're you're not just guaranteeing points by paying up a tight end. Like it's worked out a bunch, but it's also not worked out. I was going to mention the flow chart. Like, I don't even know who it would be for New Orleans, like maybe Josh Hill. But if there was ever a chance to to get the flow chart D at low ownership, like this would be it, right? Yeah, I'm I'm good on that. <laughs> well, like you said, we're not, we're not really sure who that guy is. I mean, the guy is on it. Honestly, that guy is just Michael Thomas because he hey, basically plays tight right. end. Josh Hill last week, three catches for 43 yards and one touchdown. I don't think Johnny Smith has ever had a game that good. You're right. <laughs> You're right. All right. Good talk, guys. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, Jones. We'll leave. Jones, you we love you. We love you. We just don't love yep. John Smith. He's twenty eight hundred dollars. <laughs> like I don't understand how this like you asked for a flyer. I said a flyer. Like I literally don't understand what's happening right now. You're right, Jones. And I honestly have a good feeling about Johnny this week now, because Nothing motivates a player more than the Lamarca kiss of death. <laughs> Let's talk defenses real quick. Uh, Amico, who who are you playing this week? <laughs> Just any price range, any format. What are the defenses that you're looking at? I hate defense. I mean, just just roll a d20 and figure it out that way. Like I have no, I have no preference. Um, I don't <laughs> know. Chargers, Chargers, twenty three hundred against Trubisky stood out most to me. Um, I'm probably mostly looking to stack with my running backs, though. So, I mean, those defenses, I, I, the defense is a joke. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to pick a defense that fits my lineup that I think <laughs> has a chance to, like, accrue a sack. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, this is not, I, I'm not putting a lot of time into this. Yeah. Uh, how about the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Jets? I mean, their quarterback sure. literally sees ghosts on the field. So, <laughs> that seems yes. like a good team to target, right? Uh, Jones, what do you think about defense here? Yeah, I think I think those are fine. I think uh, Indy could make some sense too. Speaking of awful quarterbacks, um, they're pretty cheap. I don't know how old they'll be, but um, you know they they I think they paid off pretty well last week, right? Indy last week, uh, yes, they had seven points at two K. You'll take that at two K, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So um, I I don't know. Like that's the that's the only other one really that I'm considering right now i mean we've kind of been running quarterbacks at houston and now we get oakland at 1500 is that tempting at all does oakland have a sack this year <laughs> have they generated a pass rush yet i, I, don't, feel, I feel confident like they have they will get at least one against the houston <laughs> Texans. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they got to what's his name four times. They got to uh, I guess that was Chase, the Chase Daniel week, but they got four sacks that game, two picks. Oh yeah, it's, it's, the Oakland Raiders' true home stadium is Wembley. <laughs> I'm just saying, I could see using them at 1500 if you really needed the savings. No, um, of course, of course. You know, there's no way I'm sacks. not playing them. It's 1500. <laughs> <laughs> Jones is like, a sucker no, for the fifteen hundred day. He loves that crap, dude. If it if it was if it was still two thousand, I would be making such better decisions. But this <laughs> that extra five hundred goes a really long way every single week. Hey, it's a twenty five percent drop from the minimum. You know, like that's a big that's a big deal. It's, it's worked out. It's worked out so well for me this week too. <laughs> oh, I suck. God damn. Ah, uh, Jones. I, I love can't you, get baby. I can't get it out of my head. Like if it's fifteen hundred, that's like nothing. I know you'll take five from a defense at fifteen hundred. Oh, um, I take three, dude. <laughs> 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 that's so great. That's so great. Uh, well, that's gonna do it for this week's edition of On the Daily. Anthony, thank you so much for coming back on the program. We miss you, uh, bringing some sanity to the program. Uh, make sure to follow Anthony on Twitter at Amixta. Uh for Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. I'm Matt Lamarca at Matt Lamarca. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Road of His Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Road of His Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.